0: This is episode 19 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be continuing our four-part series on what sets Christian travelers apart by discussing how people that we surround ourselves with influence our travels. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Christian Travelers, I am so glad that you are here because today we have an awesome topic of what influences people have upon our travels and our morals and a lot of our decision making when it comes to travels. But before we dive into that, I want to welcome you to our show. I am so glad that you are here. One of the things that I really want to talk about is the importance of reviews. We have been going at this for almost half a year now, which is really exciting, but we would like to see some reviews on your favorite podcast platforms. It's a great way for us to hear what you think of our podcast, but also make it more visible and accessible to viewers out there who also are looking for resources and need to be engaged in this discussion of how faith and travel correlate. So please just let us know what you think of this podcast and we would love to recognize you on our show if you do so. But today we're diving in and we're going to start discussing this fun topic. Okay, first of all, raise your hands or comment uh, on our Facebook and Instagram. How many trips have you gone on with complete strangers? Or, how many trips have you gone on with family or with friends? All of those things take on a very different. Atmosphere. And some of you just kind of raised an eyebrow at me because I said traveled with strangers. Now, if any of you have ever stayed at a hostel or at an Airbnb, one where you got to socialize with other people, whether it was the people hosting the place or it was the people at the location itself, you know exactly what I mean. When I was in Europe, I stayed at a hostel in the Czech Republic in Prague and suddenly I found myself going to places that I hadn't planned simply because of the amazing people that I met. I actually went to a beer garden and watched a soccer game, although I'm pretty sure they called it football, and I got to see this culture cheering on these people and all this excitement, all because I met a guy Who wanted to find out more about sports in this region? And then suddenly I was on a train to just these different tours around the country, and it was really exciting to get to check them out with so many other people. And then many of you have traveled with your friends. If it's anything like my experience, we had weeks or months ahead of time where we were sitting down and planning out, ooh, these are the things we'd like to see, and kind of collaborating to find out, okay. What can we hit that hits most people's interests? And we ended up at a national park and just tenting and camping and visiting family and keeping it cheap and all these things. But then when I travel with my family, it's a totally different story. It used to be it was all about tenting and pop-up camping and kind of just seeing sites in different areas. Now it's probably a little bit more touristy than it used to be hitting up Disney World and things like that which is kind of funny. You would think of those things when you're little, but saved money then, and now we get to go on some of those bigger trips every once in a while. So people play an influence on us, but as Christian travelers, Christians who are set apart, what does this mean about how we travel? So I decided to look in scriptures and kind of see what God tells us about that. And to do so, I want us to turn to 1st Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is the author of 1st Corinthians. He's writing to Corinth, kind of telling them about some of the sins that he's been seeing and specifically some of their faith questions that they've been having. And in this section, he is talking about the resurrection of Christ who has been raised from the dead. And then he goes into the resurrection of the dead because we know that Christ isn't the only one who's risen from the dead. When Christ died on the cross and the ground split and the earth shook there was a massive earthquake people rose from the dead they came out of the tombs and they went back into their communities and christ raised lazarus from the dead and we know he raised other people too and we know that there are miracles even today where people say that they died they went to heaven they went to hell and now they're back on earth and they have something to say about it and god's given them the second chance to witness and share christ or tell people that hell is a real thing and that there is a savior out there that they need to meet and paul is saying if you are disregarding this if you say no one can be raised from the dead then you're saying christ wasn't risen from the dead and therefore What is it, this thing that we believe in? And so I'm going to jump down to verses 33 and 34, which say, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sitting. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Paul's calling people out for just blindly following, for not thinking things through about the things being said about death and resurrection and how that has effect on our faith and what it is that we're believing, but the same thing could be said about the people that we travel with. Have you ever stopped to think about how you act around certain people? Like if you're around people who cuss a lot, at first you you might try and put on this oh, I'm not like you kind of thing, so I'm not going to cuss, I, God calls us to live apart and to act in certain ways, so I'm not going to use God's name in vain like that, and I'm not going to do da-da-da-da-da-da, and suddenly you're around them enough, and suddenly it starts slipping off your tongue, or if you're watching certain TV shows a lot, suddenly things that once your conscience kind of was like, yeah, no, that's not a good thing, suddenly Oh, that's kind of okay. When we surround ourselves with people who disagree with scripture and we let them feed us and and they tell us things that disagree, suddenly we start to question, suddenly we're putting our Holy Spirit who's like screaming at us, yo, this is this is not okay. This this your conscience knows. I know the Holy Spirit, I know that this is wrong. But because of societal pressures and because of these things, suddenly it becomes this more questionable thing. And the exact same thing happens when we travel. Because suddenly we're away from the people and things that somehow held us accountable. The people and things that said, no, it's not right to behaving in this way. It's not right to skip church. It's not right to be supporting these thoughts and these beliefs and these things and so in there's this temptation to be sleeping around every night to getting not just going out and drinking a few drinks but getting so drunk that you're causing harm to yourself or possibly harm to others. Sometimes it leads to some very poor decisions in our travels because we are surrounding ourselves with people whose morals don't align with ours. So what is Paul saying that we should be doing instead? If you jump all the way down to verse 58, you know what, let's backtrack, because I I just love this verse anyway. So we're going to jump up to verse 54 and read to the end of chapter 15. And it says, When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortality, Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Whoa! (laughs) What is that all saying? Let's break it down. This is talking about the death and resurrection of Christ, of how, as sinners, we are perishable, we're mortal. Death can destroy us, it can sting us, it can hurt us, and there is nothing we can do about it. But Christ died for us, therefore, as long as we believe in him, we are no longer perishable, we're imperishable, we're no longer mortal or immortal, we'll live for, with Christ in heaven for eternity. And therefore, death, Satan's greatest weapon, loses its power, it loses its authority, it can't win because... Yes, we die. Our bodies physically die, but our souls will go to heaven, and we get to celebrate and live with Christ forever until Judgment Day when our bodies and our souls are reunited. So the sting of death is sin, and the power of the sin is the law. Yes, there is law. There's the Ten Commandments, these things that every single day we fail at. Every time we use sin, you break one of those Ten Commandments, and suddenly you've broken all of them with one sin. It's pretty much how that tends to work. And then, thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus. So there's sin and law, but then there's also gospel. There's forgiveness. There's, yes, you messed up and you repented and you apologized and you said, God, forgive me, a poor, miserable sinner. And suddenly there's this forgiveness, this freedom, this opportunity to try again in Christ with us, inside of us, pushing us onward to the next thing. And so therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of God, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So you're doing works not to earn your way to heaven, but you're doing works because you have this amazing gift, you have this victory, you have this wonderful thing of freedom in Jesus Christ, freedom from sin, not freedom to do whatever you want, but freedom from sin that weighs us down, that tells us over and over again, you failed that one time, you failed that one time, and it's it, you don't deserve to get back up. That condemnation that would send us to hell, because of Christ, those chains are broken, we don't have to sit there in that guilt, and we know that we are free to go onward in Christ. So, there's an importance in surrounding ourselves with people that remind us of this, and who want to travel and do works that glorify God in reflection of this freedom. So some tips on doing that, like where do you even start? I think some of the most important things is always before you start traveling. Before you even get on the road, it's important to consider what are some boundaries that we need to establish? Guys in one room, girls in another room. I'm not going to go out and drink. I'm not going to go out having sex. I'm not going to go out and do these things because that's not what I stand for. That's not what I believe in. That doesn't testify to who I am. And if you're doing those things, I'm not participating with you. Having those conversations with whoever you're going with before you even leave, that sets the tone. And if they're not comfortable with that, that's on them because you stood up and you vocalized as a christian this is this is what travel is meant to be it's meant to be a glorifying thing it's meant to be this building of this relationship and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna follow suit and sometimes yes you end up traveling with people who disagree with you and that's okay we get a love on them we get to show them christ but we don't have to follow them we don't have to do everything that they do and that's okay because even though no one's watching quote unquote we know that God's watching and we know he sees that and he honors that and maybe not in our lifetime but in heaven there is reward for that there's honor for that and we get to rejoice in that and live in that right now we can pick our housing arrangements specifically we can we can be looking ahead for Christian locations that Um, with people that we can connect with. We can be looking for Christian organizations in an area that we're staying for an extended period of time. We can be looking ahead. The internet is an amazing tool, and there's so many awesome resources. So those are just some things to begin to think about. And I know there's a million other ways that the people around us influence us. And I just barely scratched the surface with this. And I know that there's a million other ways that you can prepare to hold true to what God says and who you are. and You are a temple. You are the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And you don't want to defame your body by doing things that go against God. You want to be that holy temple, that place that God resides and respect that. And there's so many ways that that can be argued. And I know that everyone has a different compass, an internal compass. Things that they just, they feel guilty about or they feel like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That's God speaking to you and going, you know what? That's that's your line. That's that's where that's where I don't want you crossing. And yes, you sinned, but here here's your forgiveness. And now we have this new line, and let's let's try and hold fast to that. And maybe your line looks different than my line, and all those things. I believe that Scripture is one hundred percent true, and so I think in many ways we all have the same rules. We have the Ten Commandments; those things that we need to abide by. But there's some of those things that are kind of gray areas. They're fuzzy things where it's just, eh, I could push that a little bit. And God doesn't really say yes or no on that, does he? Your conscience tells you. Your conscience speaks to you. So when you prepare to travel, be aware of that. Be cognizant of that. Be When you pick the people you'll travel with, be aware that people around you will influence you. And safeguard your heart before you even go by knowing ahead of time these are my boundaries it's no different than in really honestly normal life when you go hang out with friends and when you go do other things you need to be thinking at a time these are those those lines that I'm not crossing so I hope this has been some good food for thought just to get you thinking about what sets Christian travelers apart and what sets you apart from others because that's such an important part of our lives And I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast at christiantravelers.net. We have some awesome resources for you there to get you thinking further on topics like this. But then we'd also love to hear your feedback because you have been blessed with an amazing Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you who speaks through you, who gives you wisdom, and we would love to hear your thoughts and your input on Instagram and on our Facebook where we would just... Love to hear some of your feedback and what God has been stirring in your heart about what are some of those things that people tend to influence you towards and how can you safeguard yourself against that and what does scripture say? Those are some amazing things we'd love to hear. So until next time, safe travels and God bless.